Caught a little bit of it. We uh, we made a whole Super Bowl day out of it. So it was my son Luca's birthday. Mm. And uh, it was my uh, son Case's birthday, February twelfth. No way! How do he was three yesterday? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, joint parties in the future. That's right. Share the cost. Yeah, three and what a ten-year-old. <laughs> uh, I just turned nine. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they like the same things. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. We ended up doing a joint birthday. His buddy's birthday is later this week. Um, but we did. Yeah, Super Bowl themed. So um, there was like uh, sixteen kids came. We did four teams of four. A little like oh, nice. seven, like yeah. you know, not seven, but four on four mm-hmm. deal. We painted a field out in the backyard and like. It was super That's competitive, dude. That it was, was fun. It was fun, man. It really was. Kids loved it. And, you know, it was that, um, it was kind of that relaxed atmosphere that, like, dads wished practice was when you go yeah. watch, like, flag football. Right. Like, oh, Super Bowl's in a little bit. I I could watch, I could drink a beer and watch <laughs> and watch my kids play flag football. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying there was or wasn't betting on the kids, uh, the eight year old kids. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, it was fun, man. It was a great day. And, um, and then followed up by an, a phenomenal game. Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah. yeah. Did you see a record, speaking of betting, I think it was a record $16 billion bet oh, gosh. on the I, game. I believe it. Like, the fact that, like, you're going to bet on if Gronk makes a field goal or not. Yeah. Which totally did he set make, up. Did he, Bro, no. I so, I no. But if you watch it, like, you couldn't tell if he made it or didn't make it. It looked like he made it. Uh. And when I watched it, I was like, wait a minute. And they're like, oh, no, didn't make it. I'm like, seems a little yeah. bit, uh, seems a little bit suspect and set up, but I mean, people are, people are doing it. And we did, we did a bunch of prop bets. Like, you know, there's another family that ended up staying at the house and watching. And so all the kids were in on it and it was like, you know, which song is Rihanna going to open with? And you know, how long is the national anthem? Which by the way was phenomenal. Yeah. Chris Stapleton. Whew, I saw the very it. first part of it and missed the rest, but I heard it was crushed it. Yeah. Crushed it. And then I missed all of Rihanna. I was putting three-year-old to bed yeah so i missed all her yeah yeah it was the internet broke for sure trying to see if she was pregnant or not mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know and i me being a uh an ignorant guy 100 percent, i'm like well she's not doing much like she's <laughs> kind of standing there and like my wife and, and her friend are like i can't believe she did that like that yeah. pregnant like let alone breathe the dancing that she did like that is super impressive i'm like I didn't even see her, so I don't even know how yeah. pregnant she looked or did. Uh, so she, yeah, so a little bit. She definitely, she, I mean, it was definitely noticeable. Right. Like she had like this red outfit on, like this like tight shirt, and then she had this like bigger like jumpsuit over it. And then at one point she had an even bigger red jacket over that. Um, but I mean, music was great. Um, it just, it's gonna be hard for me to ever beat last year's with yeah. with Dre, Throwback. Snoop, yeah. and yeah. Kendrick Lamar, and yeah. Fifty, and yeah. Yeah, I watched I watched the first half and then second half went like I said or during halftime went and put my son to bed. Came back down. I'm at that age now where if I'm laying down on the couch after about eight PM, yeah, there's a out. good chance I'm falling asleep. Out. And so I missed the whole third, most of the fourth quarter. It was a great. It was a great <laughs> half. It yeah. really was. I mean, Kansas City looked like a completely different team. You, you know, that's just a sign of leadership, you know, from players and coaches, but just to reset. And it's like you could totally feel the momentum shifting to, to Philly. And then they came out and just it was a completely different team that second yeah. half with Kansas City. So it was fun. It was always always fun to see Philadelphia lose. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> then you get to the end and there's, you know, controversial controversial call. And you hate when you hate when there's a call made that blatantly shouldn't have been made. Yeah. That impacts the game right. as much as it did. Yeah. 
Somebody actually DM'd us about us, what our thoughts on that were. Uh, what I thought was live from the field, your one angle as that ref, that's tough. I mean, that's 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 a very hard call yeah. to make. It is. And so he had to do it. So yeah. I get it from his perspective why he made the call. Again, we have the luxury of replays yeah. and angles. And 100%. It's it, easy it's to, to – yeah, it's easy to watch it in slow motion. It sucks that that he call grab made such a big – hard part, The hard part about it is um, – and I know this now because I refereed a bunch of eight-year-olds yesterday in flag football, so I'm pretty much a pro, and I could probably do the Super Bowl next year. Um, but the hard part is is that it makes me believe that he was looking for that. Yeah. Right? There was a little bit of grabbing off the line of scrimmage, which 99% of the time they'll let go because mm-hmm. really you can make contact within the first five yards, but you can't hold, but you right. can make contact. So there was a little bit of grabbing. He ran a little return route, like a return wheel route. And so when he grabbed him, I think his eyes were already drawn to him from the initial kind of contact. Mm -hmm. And then when he rolled back out and went up the sideline, he had his hand on his back and he just, from his angle, to your point, it it felt like, okay, he's continuing to hold him. So like retroactively, you're like, okay, I saw him holding, probably going to let it go. And it still looks like he's holding. Now it's a prolonged. Now it's a prolonged like act, so I've got to call it. Yeah. But I feel like he was ready to throw that. Probably so. Like it was, it was one of those like if he'd have just like not had it in his mind at all. Like I'm not gonna. Yeah, like, yeah that's a good point. But in his mind, I feel like, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to th- throw this flag if I see anything. So you're kind of looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what it felt like. That's the human element that yeah. you get. Yeah, you it's impossible. Right. I mean, you yeah. can be as impartial as you want. But it's impossible because that's such an impactful play. And then if he lets something go, I mean, I don't know. It goes both ways. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I think, I guess my opinion, I don't have a dog in the fight either way, but I guess it, I would have liked to see that play out. No penalty. Yeah, let him play. Kansas City kicks the field goal. Yeah. Now we see, can the Eagles come back and yeah. drive and yeah. either tie it or win it? Or, yeah. So yeah. we, I mean, we were it, a little bit robbed of a crazy ending, but, again, yeah. I don't carry the way. I mean, yeah, because what, it, it, it bought him like an extra, like, 35 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, so they tried to – the Eagles tried to let them score the very next play. The, yeah, slid, the slid, which was heads which up. Which was very smart. That's an and Andy so Reid team right there. they ended up, yeah, they ended up being there, able man. to bleed the last minute and 30. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great game. The the What's getting a lot of attention, I don't know if you saw this, is the field. Yeah. So, I don't know if you heard the background. They It was some formula, some, some special new formula. Blend that yeah, they, new blend of grass that they were. of Bermuda and rye or something like that. <laughs> they were like, never used. And they were bragging about it, like, before the game, how awesome it was going to be. And it took them multiple years to come up with this. And it ended up being the worst <laughs> field you could possibly play on. Yeah. I mean, guys were having to change cleats. And, All over. Yeah, it was bad. It's like they're playing on ice out there. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a couple times, yeah, that, I mean, impactful plays that guys were slipping. Yeah. And then the other, just not really football related, but back to the betting. So I, I listened to a podcast called Pardon My Take. It's a sports, mm-hmm. Barstool Sports. It's actually the number one sports podcast in the world. But uh, one of the co-hosts put a bet on the Eagles like weeks and weeks ago when the odds were 22 to 1. And so he put down, I don't know, 8, 10 grand, something like that, to pay out 250 grand or something like that. And so obviously he's pulling for the Eagles. Yeah. Well, one of their producers is a massive Eagles fan, yeah. like massive. And so the host sent the kid, the producer, to the Super Bowl, paid for his ticket, $6,000 ticket, said if the Eagles win, 
you don't have to pay me back. If they lose, you do have to pay me back. <laughs> so they, got him. Yeah. So not only is this guy, the producer, a massive, you know, he's diehard Eagles. Oh. So not only is he bummed because they lost, now he's got to pay six thousand dollars. Heartbroken. Back to the. I don't know. Who knows if he actually makes some pay up or not? But it's just pretty funny. Yeah, that's salt in so. the wound right there. That's <laughs> rough. Anyway, yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun game. Yeah, uh, it was a great game. Like I said, I, for the parts that I watched, it was a great game. I get it. So. I get it. Yeah, there's uh, there definitely times I like had to wake myself up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, not what we're going to talk about today because we're not a sports podcast. But um, what I do want to talk about, we'll get to in a second. Before we get to that, we do want to thank our partners first and foremost, Choctaw Casinos and Resort. Yeah. Uh, just saw a nice billboard on my way in. They're giving away cars in addition to money this month. So they're Hello. giving away 16 different cars along with $1.5 million kind, every Saturday. What kind of cars? Uh, it didn't say, but I'm sure they're not like I'm, little I Ford I may be Taurus in the market for a truck, so I may be driving up to, Go get to Durant, some, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. so we say on that. <laughs> we say it all the time, no other entertainment venue is going to pay you or reward you for being there as much as Choctaw Casinos right. Resort. Get yourself up there. And then our uh, other partner, Sleep Number. Yes. Uh, we actually just got back over the weekend um, from an awesome trip. Gosh, man. Out there to the Super Bowl with Sleep Number. Uh, not only a cool opportunity just to meet different players and different celebrities that come through, but getting to hang out with the actual Sleep Number mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Everybody from literally the CEO who was there for a few days down to, you know, the production guys. They are top-notch people and that's that's where i especially as i get older especially as you know time goes on i think more about where i spend my money by the values of the company yes and the people in the company yep and man i tell you what i wouldn't want to put my money for everything all things sleep and anybody else no doubt i mean yes the product's unbelievable and what they're doing the impact that they're making and just bettering lives across the board um unbelievable but the mission behind them that's right you know what they're what they're trying to do especially and specifically with with cancer research, mm-hmm. is just phenomenal. But uh, 100%, I'm with you. Like, I will, when you get to know the heart behind a company, and it starts with with, with Shelly, the CEO, and um, we'll have some, some content coming up with her story and what she's doing. But, I mean, there's very few CEOs of a caliber of company like that that anybody that walks up, she is immediately like, we're best friends. Mm-hmm. And just warm and caring and just genuine. And so, I mean, you see that. And then you see it reflected in the people. And so anybody that's out there that is in any any type of leadership position, whether you own a company, your partner's in a company, um, you're just in leadership, you know, in a, a publicly traded company, within a school, it doesn't matter. Any leadership position, I'm telling you, people are watching just like kids. People are watching on how you treat people, how you interact with people, the energy you bring. And it is, I mean, it is blinding how apparent it is within that, the sleep number organization, just how much people love doing what they do. That's right. And not, and not that it's not without challenges. Not, I mean, the stress that some of that team was under working with athletes. <laughs> it's the holy worst job s- on earth. <laughs> it's literally, it's worse than hurting cats. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, and I and I can say this because I'm one of them, and they're my guys. But it's literally it's insane. Like getting them to show up when they're supposed to show up, how they're supposed to show up, and do what they're they've agreed to do. Yep. Oh, good yep. luck. Yeah, just because you're paying them doesn't necessarily mean they're going to show up on time. Crazy in a good Crazy. mood. But 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 <laughs> but again, the athletes were great. Yeah, and it's not that like the athletes weren't good. It but 
there's just a different and you we always joke about tyler time right i'm always like well i'm always a couple minutes couple minutes behind you know and and little bit athletes it's just like there's not that urgency there's not that it's like eh It'll start when I get there because yep. that's what people reinforce. Right. And not that anybody ever did that with me. It's just a normal <laughs> bad habit for me. It's not like a, a learned bad habit. Um, but it, it, the, the guys were great and gracious. I mean, loved spending time with DeMarcus Ware. Yep. I mean, his he, his story is incredible. Um, that was awesome. I mean, Gary V getting getting a few minutes with him was yeah, epic. Really cool. Um, so there's just a Justin Jefferson. I mean, just a stud, man. Yeah. Austin oh, yeah. Eckler is always, dude. Keep an eye on this dude. Austin Eckler is a beast. And because he's going to kill it on the football field, but he's going to kill it in whatever he does next. Yeah. And you can see him already thinking brand six steps ahead. Opportunity. Yeah, brand opportunity. What, he'll where say do I add anything. value? Yeah, he'll yes. say yes to anything because not. Not in a bad way, in a great way, because he wants to, yeah. to set up life after. So, yep. yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of great content coming from the Super Bowl, a lot of great episodes coming up, yep. and it's all thanks to Sleep Number. Yep. So go over to Sleep Number, check out their, uh, you know, either online or they've got retail stores all over yes. the place. So check yep. them out. Uh, all right, on to today's topic. So we did a started a series a couple of weeks back, uh, ask, answering the question in a different, couple different ways, is the U.S. the greatest country in the world? And so... Episode one, we went over our education system, our experience with the education system, what, it's the, what the statistics say. Uh, today, we're going to talk about marriages, divorce, and single-parent homes. And just like last time, I kind of want to start with uh, some statistics to set the stage and then maybe, you know, have a little conversation uh, on top of that. So marriage statistics. So it's three different sections. Marriage, there's divorce. And there's children in single-parent households. So the marriage statistics. So in 1920, shortly after the First World War, there were 12 marriages annually for every 1,000 people in the U.S. Okay. Okay. In 1946, the year after the Second War ended, so over this time, the, the trend started to rise a little bit, more marriages per 1,000 people. Marriages reached a peak of 16.4 marriages per 1,000 people. Mm. So from 1920 at 12 to 1946... At 16.4. And then slowly, gradually, the marriage rates decline. So since 1972, more specifically, marriage rates in the U.S. have fallen by almost 50% and are currently today at the lowest point in recorded history at 6.5 marriages annually for every 1,000 people. And these are marriages. Let's clarify. Not marriages. people are married. It right. is marriages, marriages that actually take place. That's right. That's right. So from 12 and 1920... To our peak of 16 in 1946, now down to 6.5. And then in 1950, approximately 80% of households were made up of married couples. And in 2020, the number is 49%. So 80%, 1950, 49% three years ago. And then over the period from 1990 to 2010, there was a decline in marriage rates in the majority of countries around the world. So not just the U.S., but the majority. Yeah, it's a global trend. issue. Yeah. Global trend. All right, so what are the divorce what are the divorce statistics? So the US stands out with consistently higher divorce rates. So this is divorces per one thousand people. It consistently stands out with higher divorce rates more than any other country. However, as the average age of marriage, unmarried adults and cohabitation has increased, divorce rates have been decreasing. So we outdo everybody in the world for divorces. It's been going down only because less people are getting married. Right, right. <laughs> so the the percentage of people that get divorced after they get married is still 
Higher, all-time highs. The actual numbers. But the actual divorce rate is going down just because we're not getting married at yeah. the same clip. 45% of marriages end in divorce in the U.S. For many people who marry between 20 and 25 years old, more than half of these marriages end in divorce. So if you're getting married in your young 20s, mm. there's a greater than half, there's a greater than 50% chance you're going to end up in divorce. Jeez. And then the percentage increases to 25% for those who marry after, or de- decreases, sorry, the percentage decreases to 25% for those who marry after 25. So 20 to 25, you're yeah. a little over half. If you get married after that, the statistics cut in half of that to 25%. Yeah. And then at the world level, the proportion of adults aged 35 to 40 to 39 who are divorced or, sep- or separated has doubled from the 1970s to the 2000s. Really? That's interesting. So yeah. the divorce rate between 35 and 40 has doubled since the has 70s. Has doubled since the 70s. Interesting. Worldwide. Interesting. And then lastly, uh, and these are, these are tough to read, the children in single-parent households. So... Out of 130 countries studied, the U.S. has the world's highest rate of children living in single-parent households. Mm. Out of 130 countries. 23% of U.S. children under the age of 18 live with one parent and no other adults. More than three times the share of children around the world who do so. Three so times. the average around the world is 7% of kids live under 18 living with a single parent. Dang. And the U.S. is 23%. Of all births in the U.S., 41% of children are born to unwed mothers. This rate has increased to 53% for those born to women under the age of 30. Mm. So the younger the woman, the higher percent chance that she's going to be single raising that baby. And then one in four kids live without a father in their home. One in four, four, 25%. One in four kids live without a father in their home in the U.S. So what are some things that are causing this potentially? Um, I don't know, maybe... Maybe first before we get to that, what's your what's your overall reaction to everything I just read there? Leading um, the world in a lot of uh, disturbing categories there. Yeah, so so a couple of them make sense. I understand the success rate of a marriage after twenty five. I mean, you're just more mature. You've made some more you know important decisions up to that point. You likely um, you likely are a different place in your career. You're a little bit older in that. The uh, options outside that could potentially look better than your your current marriage mm-hmm. um, are plentiful between you know twenty and thirty, yep. right? Um, so it makes sense. The younger you get married, the higher the likely. Just I mean, I just think of how messed up I was. What what age were you? I was twenty six when yeah. I got married. I was twenty four. Yeah, but I mean, the immaturity that I was at like twenty three was crazy. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no place, you know, ready to get married. Um, but, but at the same time, now you're looking at the marriage rate, which I don't particularly have a problem with a lower marriage rate. Like to me, if you decide, look, marriage is not the route I want to go. I'm fine being single. I'm fine. The problem is, and that doesn't, I mean, you did, you talked about it a little bit, but People are just living like they're married, but not actually committing, right? right? They're, and again, I, I can't. I, I would be interesting to see what the statistics are there of breakups or separations from folks that live together without being married, right? As well. So, but overall, I'm not. I don't personally have a problem. Like, wait to get married. Like, if you're not sure, don't do it because that is a lifetime commitment. 
I'm okay with that. But yeah, the, the increased divorce rate, we just have, our society is so much of a self-centered, um, it's all about me. I'm not happy. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight for this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sacrifice. I'm not going to change myself because I'm not the problem. You're the problem. And so I, it just baffles me that there's just so many, not, but it doesn't baffle me. Baffles me that people will make that sort of promise and commitment and then just so easily just exit it. And, and when you get into the kids, that's, that's the problem that I have is that we are so selfish and we justify it like, oh, it's a bad situation. We're fighting all the time. It's better for the kids if we're apart. In some instances, I do think that that potentially could be the case. If it's a violent, dangerous situation, you know, one one of the parties or both are abusive, like, yes, not healthy. That's a very small percentage, and I, I believe that people are just like, no, I'm not happy. So I want to show my I want to show my kids what happy looks like. So I'm gonna go find something better. Yeah, and I ha- and I have a very very close relationship where that was the case. It was just like, no. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go do me, and I'm going to go do everything that makes me happy. What that shows is your kids is you're not willing to fight through the hard times. You're not willing to be self-sacrificial and say, I, I will do whatever it takes. I will change. I will give up this. I will give up that. Let me help fix it. It's no, you're not good enough for me. I'm going to go find something else. Mm-hmm. What is that showing the kids? Look on the opposite. What if you were to show the kids, hey, I'm going to work at this. It's hard. We struggle. But you know what? On the other side of it, because, it, and again, I, I'm just ad-libbing here, but I I would imagine the numbers of marriages that stay together that, hey, potentially went through a separation, decided to work through it, like the joy on the other side of that is incredible. And the yeah. example and the impact that makes within the home is profound. Right. I just, I just, those numbers just back up that the U.S., we just have a selfish mindset where it's, I'm going to get me, I'm going to be happy. It's too hard. I don't want to do it. Let's go find something better. Yeah, I didn't look up. I should have looked up what the reason, the different breakdown of the reasoning for the divorces are. I I agree with you. I think getting older or or waiting for an older age to get married, especially in current times I think is is probably the wise decision you know in the 50s and 40s you had to get married because you had to have that support system of each other to survive now it's very easy to survive as a single person yeah you don't you don't need the double income as much as you used to and and look at look at the average age that kids now leave the home it's like over 30 yeah so kids are staying home longer and to your point in the 50s and 60s it was like all right you're 18 you're Go. You're an adult. Yeah. Go. Well, and you were contributing to the family from an earlier age. Too. Yes. Darren grew up that way. He grew yeah. up working at the age of well, 12 he was, to he contribute. Was born in the 20s. So. <laughs> That's true. That's different. true. That's different. very true. Gosh, but, I, I mean, he started those, working I at, old jokes. He started working at 12 to contribute to the family. Yep. That's just that's just how his family worked. Yep. Um, so, but I, I agree that, man, it, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of factors of, of divorce that lead to divorce. For me, when I was 24, I didn't know what all was involved in being married. I, I the the school I went to, it's very, it's just what you do. Yeah, there's a saying for it. It's called ring by spring, and the idea is that you 
you better find that wife. You better find that husband. But before you graduate or else, what are you going to do after that? You're going to go off into the world by yourself. That's crazy. So most people that I knew, we were all married in our early 20s. That's yeah. just, that was yep. just culturally, that's just how it was. Yeah. But I didn't grasp the full weight of that decision. Yeah. Would I go back and change it? Absolutely not. Because it's, I'm going on my 11th year of marriage now. Yeah. I, obviously it, it worked out well for me. Yeah. But I can see why it doesn't in many cases. I'm already, I'm to that age now where I am seeing people that I knew growing up starting to, starting to get divorced. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm with you waiting, understanding the full weight yeah. of that decision that you're making. Because when you're early, especially for me, I was 24, mm -hmm. first year out of college, my wife was still in college. So we were still, we were still in the college town that I lived in. There's still a lot of distractions. Yeah. My buddies are still, are all single at this time that we're still in town. We're single, you know, there's girls, obviously run, there's a lot of distractions early on. And I've got to have a couple of friends that got caught up in that early on. Mm. And, and you know, it's, I used to think, oh, cheating on your wife, that's the worst thing. You can do. How can anybody ever do that? Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Not that, not that I've done that or that I've you know, even been understand close the to temptation it, of it. But I yeah. certainly understand the temptation. Yeah. And so, again, there's a lot of different Especially things. Especially at that, that age. Right. Right. You're young. Your lifestyle hasn't changed too much. Like, you don't have kids. You're not working a nine-to-five necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, not established. Kids aren't on, like, sports teams. Like, you don't have the kind of community pressure and stuff like that. I get it. Yep. Uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally so, agree. what carried us on early was the excitement of marriage. It's new. It's the honeymoon phase. Yep. And then you start having kids. You start getting older. You start getting now. Now, so instead of the excitement and all the potential pitfalls of being young and, mm -hmm. and dumb – now it's been replaced with we're just used to each other. Yeah. And now we're roommates. Yeah. And it's very easy to fall into that mentality of, well, we just live together and we have kids. Mm -hmm. And are we still really working on our marriage as much as we should? Mm -hmm. If I'm being critical of myself, no. I'm not doing things today that I did early on to yeah. get her to fall no in doubt. love with me. No doubt. And so that's always a wake-up call in my mind. People say, continue to date your spouse. Mm -hmm. And I see what they mean because – it's very easy 11 years in, three kids later, to just fall into the roommate mode. Yep. And I'll see her in the morning before I go to work for two minutes. Mm -hmm. Go to work all day, come home, we eat dinner, we get the kids taken care of, we put them down. I'm exhausted by 8 p.m. I go to bed at 9 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And did we ever really spend time Connect, together? Yeah. No. We're just, what's the phrase, ships passing in the night. Yep. And so I can see how you let that slide for year after year after year. By the time I look up, I'm 40. I don't even know who I'm married to anymore. Yep. Of course, I'm going to get divorced. I'm not. I'm not married to the same yeah. person. I've yeah. changed. She's changed. So I can very easily see how you slip in into your point, and then you add the element of, well, I'm not happy anymore, mm -hmm. and everything's about personal gratification, instant gratification. I want it now, and if I can have that anywhere I look, everywhere I turn, why would I stick to this right. loveless happiness, happy, happylessness? That's not even a Emptiness. word. Emptiness. Why would I stick to that? Yeah. I'm going to go off and get mine. Yeah. So, again, not saying that I – It to me, it reinforces the hard work that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And then the other element, too, is you see these marriages that end in their late 40s or 50s for that exact reason. is Your entire marriage is based upon your kids' lives mm -hmm. and activities, and you're starting to see it. Yep. We've been in it for a few years where it's Saturday. It's, okay, 
this sporting event, this activity, this sporting event. Okay, now we go over here. Now we transfer over here. Now we got this birthday party. Now we're over here. Like literally all day, every day, Saturday, Sunday is about the kids and like where they got to go and where they need to be, which is great. Um, and then you, you, you don't know your spouse on that intimate, deep level that maybe you did back in the beginning of the marriage. And so it is, it is challenging. And then, and then layer in like, well, it's not you, it's not me, it's you. Then there's the animosity and then it's, all right, you know what? Let's just agree we're roommates and for the kid's sake, let's just stay together until they leave. Until they leave them all. Right. Where it's like, to me, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm just going to say I'm going to be miserable for the next 10 years until our kids are out of the house, and then I'm going to be happy. Like, no. Two decisions. Do you really, really want to be with this person? I think if you get down to the core of it, the answer more likely than not is yes, I do love this person. Yes. I'm just miserable all the time. And I get it. Trust me, I get it. Like, literally today is my wife and I's 13-year anniversary. Today. And so there's times where I like literally pull in the house and I'm like, how do I get to my office without talking to it, without talking to anybody? She just like made me mad or she said something. Right. And, and I get it. I totally get it. But here's the thing. Why not work? That's like saying, you know what? When the kids leave the house, then I'm going to go on a diet. Body feels like garbage. I'm not productive. I don't do it. I'm just going to, but when the kids leave, then it's time to start to actually get in, get in shape. Like, no, start now, like start working on it now. And it doesn't take, look, it doesn't take a lot of effort, um, capacity, and really just like intentionality to make your spouse, husband or wife, to make them feel important. It's like little simple things like, Hey, You've had a tough day. Let me put the kids down. Mm-hmm. Hey, you just cooked dinner. Let me clean up the dishes. Hey, you know what? Let me take the kids to school today. Like you just chill, have a cup of coffee. Like it's little things, right? That start to start to help with the mood. But the bigger things is the intentionality. Like the actual, like, all right, look, we're going to work on this relationship. We're going to have real conversations that aren't sur- surrounded around the kids. And then we're going to reinforce that. Look, kids, y'all are important but you are not more important than mommy and daddy. And it's like kind of a morbid conversation. I've had this conversation with my oldest too, is that, hey, if we're on a ship at sea and you guys are all hanging off the side of the boat and I had to save one of you, I would pick mommy every single time. I love you and I'd be so sad that you died, but I would pick mommy every single time. You need to know that mommy is more important than you 100% of the time. Now, once that relationship is taken care of, now we can love you guys better. But it's just backwards. Like with a lot of these parents, after you get past this like young, single, like no kids, like fun phase, when it's kids, everything is focused on them and everything you do. And your identity now becomes through the kids, yeah. moms and dads. Yeah. Now we find, I find myself, you know, we, if we, the rare time we do go out on a date, all you talk about, all, all you talk about is kids. Stuff. Oh, he did this today or yeah. he has this or his friends did this. It's like everything is about him. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be intentional. And, and my wife and I, it's been a little while since we've done it, but what we'll do is um, we make this like jar of popsicle sticks and we'll do topics, just different conversation topics to talk through at dinner. And like literally we'll bring it, put my wife, put it in her purse. And it you cannot, the rule is, is you cannot talk about your kids. You have to talk about something 
on one of these popsicle sticks that you pull out and you know you pull them as you need them but like having something prepared before you like go and then because then you're just like well what do you want to talk about yeah well, i don't know <laughs> i got a busy day tomorrow kids have a field trip and then we got sports after i'm not sure how many like that's what it always goes reverts right. to so you got to kind of go in with a plan but back to this whole thing the staggering numbers of single parent households is destroying destroying our society Mm -hmm. and parents we need to do better mothers and fathers we need to do better husbands and wives we need to do better to fight for each other so that we can then fight for our kids yeah you know what may be even more dangerous than a disdain for each other is that middle phase apathy the apathy phase or the limbo of so i don't hate you yeah but I'm not showing you that I love you. Just indifferent. We're just indifferent. Yeah. We're just we're just kind of existing. Yeah. And I find myself slipping into that more often than I should. That routine of here's how my day goes. Anything that comes outside of that, I'm not really gonna uh, pay t- pay much attention to it. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do my thing. Yeah. And you get to doing that day after day. Every Monday starts looking like every Monday. Tuesday rolls, and by the time you look up, mm-hmm. that's why you hear the phrase a lot of people say, "I don't even know." I don't even recognize this person yeah. that I'm married to anymore. You know, we yeah. looked up, my kids were crawling around the house. I look up, they're off to college. Like, who is this person I'm married to? Yeah. No wonder, because you've never looked at the person. Exactly. Like, you're not seeing that person. You're not finding what drives them. Because guess what? Just like you've changed, your spouse has changed. That's right. Like, it's not that boring. I already know everything about them. No, you don't. No. No. I'm still learning stuff about myself. Yeah. And so imagine, like, it, it's... It's still exciting to get to know and to date your spouse. And again, the impacts that that makes on our younger generation, the example that we set is profound. So like we cannot overlook the idea of pursuing our spouse. We cannot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why the highlights the importance of finding activities together, finding things you can do that you can both pursue. So not just the kids activities, but actually an activity that you both are interested in, you yep. can both invest, or, or a community of people that you can, that's why church, yep. you know, community, whether whatever it is that you believe in or not, it's a great place to find community. Yeah, be an interesting stat um, on like the divorce rate with people who are active within some sort of church congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that was one of the reasons that they, that they gave is the decrease in traditional religious, or traditional religious, uh, and community first values. Yep. That was one of the reasons. They well, and part of it, like, it's not just because, oh, God's going to hate us. It's because you're around community that encouraged you to, to dig in, to get counseling, to get to know each other, to go through some sort of cons- conflict mm-hmm. resolution. Because the problem is a lot of us don't know how to handle conflict. Right. Like, we just don't do conflict well. Yeah. Like, we take shots, we hurt, because we have to win. Um, and so I, I think that community encourages, like, healthy way of reconciliation and we'll give guidance, you know, every mm-hmm. denomination, every church is different on their opinion of like, this is not a healthy, you should not be within yeah. in this relationship anymore. Um, or like at all costs, you stay married. Right. I don't, I, and this is just transparency. I don't think that that is the case. I think there are scenarios where it is better if a couple does separate and, and end the relationship for health of whether it's one of the spouses or the kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think just broad brush speaking, 
if you're tied to a religious community, just the values and beliefs of that typically are divorce is the last. Yeah. Is the very last thing. Yes. Last. Yeah. You, you try everything else yep. before you pull that lever. That's right. And so getting away from those values and, and just the, the value of marriage and, and the contribution that makes to society as well yeah. is very big in religion. Here's the deal. Hearts can change. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like it's never over. Oh, let me, let me take it back. Yeah. It's never over, over. It's never final because hearts can change. The fact that I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan is perfect. Perfect example of that. I grew up with a pure disdain for the Cowboys and now I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> so I'm telling you the heart can change, yeah. but it takes effort. It takes intentionality. It takes work. People don't want to do that because we're more concerned with the time and effort that we put into all the things that serve us. When that relationship may not be serving you, flip it on its head. Why don't you serve that relationship instead of it serving you? Yeah. yeah. And and maybe we'll end it with this. So why is all this a problem? I think first and foremost, you think of families, it's the building blocks of a good yeah. society. Yep. It teaches you so many things that are important outside of the home, mm-hmm. right? Selflessness looking out for other people, working together in a group. All of these things contribute to a well-functioning society. So it's the and, and you're literally creating the next generation, yeah. right? So those are some of the reasons. Uh, another couple of uh, marriages reinforce values of self and sacrifice, love for something other than oneself, like I said. 85% of children who show behavior disorders, 71% of high school dropouts, and 71% of uh, pregnant teens come from fatherless homes. Let me read that again. 85% of children who show behavior disorders, 71% of high school dropouts, and 71% of pregnant teens come from fatherless homes. Children from single-parent families are twice as likely to suffer from mental health problems as those living with married parents. And then, you know, again, like we talked about earlier, apathy, this last statistic, maybe even you know, just as scary, even for children with a father present in the home, the average school-aged boy only spends about 30 minutes per week in a one-on-one conversation with his father. So even if, so it's not enough just to stay in the home. Yeah. Now you've got to be active. You can't be a passive father. You got to be an active father because statistically speaking, fathers are only getting 30 minutes of one-on-one time per week, not per day, per week with their kids. And if I look at myself critically and I think about my family, now I've got a six and a three. I was three. Say it's a little different. The conversation is a little different. Are, yeah. I'm not, I'm not able to have a little bit, a little different. So my one-on-one time is different, right? It's playing sports. It's playing with trucks and cars with my youngest son. So it's a little different, but what, 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 what time do I get home? Yeah. Right. I get home at six o'clock. They go to bed at seven. That's not a lot. Of, we eat dinner. We do baths. That's not a lot of one-on-one time. Here's so the, it's an intentional it's a, it has to be an intentional part of my day to come home despite everything else that went along that day at work. I've got to suppress all of that and realize my most important job yep. is happening when I step foot in that door. Yeah, because here, here's conspiracy theory. What do you think the government prefers? What what scenario yeah. do you th- think the government pref- prefers? They prefer a scenario where people are relying on them Mm -hmm. and how the details of that we can debate. Yeah. But it definitely benefits. Let's just go. Let's just go like if we're relying on them, basic, basic revenue for the government, Mm -hmm. right? Taxes. You have, if you have split parent households, so raising a single parent, guess what? That parent's working in one, two, three jobs. Mm -hmm. 
other parent working a job as opposed to, and again, y'all can attack us in the comments, but the traditional home is where the wife will spend a lot of time raising the kids within the home. Okay. So more revenue Two, is, do they want parents instilling values, um, uh, teaching lessons, or do they want the government (laughs) teaching those? Because, because if you're raised that you're going to take care of me government, then I'm going to continue just to rely on you. So what do they want? They want, they don't want parents raising kids. So if you look at it from that perspective, if you're not going to raise your kids, somebody will. Yep. And who do you want raising your kids? That's right. So. Yeah. No, society, government, teachers, they'll absolutely, they'd love to take that job. From yeah. You. So it's imperative for us not only to stay together as a married couple, work on that, make sure that's a strong, solid relationship. Now that bleeds over into the however many children you decide to have that's right. in that relationship. Yeah. And so these statistics are all headed in their own direction, but we can reverse that by the way that we treat each other yep. in our own homes, yep. and by the way that we treat each other in our communities. So I would recommend if you are married, that's like you said, that's the most important relationship you yep. have is that marriage. Yeah. Doing things, and I'm talking to myself, doing things to improve that relationship. Yeah. Then next I'm going to look at my kids. How can I, how can I spend more than 30 minutes a week yeah. with my kids individually, yep. not as a group? Yep. Not, you know, oh, we went and got ice cream. That's good enough. No. Yeah, I'm, get on, to my know my, I'm on my phone. I buy you right. ice cream. You're happy. I'm right. happy. Let's go. Because the reality is my six-year-old and my three-year-old are completely different people. Yep. They're d- different act- different activities, different interests. Spending time one-on-one with my six-year-old is going to look much different. So I've got to be intentional. Mm-hmm. I can't just lump them together and decide, oh, that's good enough. Yep. They've got to have their own individual. I've got to pour into them each individually. Yep. Get involved in a community group. Some yeah. sort of, whether, you know, if you're not a religious person, what activities are your kids a part of? Get yeah. together with those parents. Yeah. For us, it is a religious thing. So the church community group that we're a yeah. part of, that's encouraging. That's people coming together that all with similar values coming together. Yeah. So getting involved in that community, that's three la- layers right there. If you just did those three things. And, and look, it, it's not, it, even just find another couple because so much we isolate and guys, we're, we're terrible at this. All we do is work and then, okay, family, and I'm exhausted. Find somebody else that you can have these healthy conversations, get healthy advice, get mentorship. Find another couple, maybe an older, hopefully an older couple yeah. that has been through some things. They can speak some life, give you, share some wisdom of things that they've learned along the way. Like it's really important that you don't isolate because when it's bad, what do we, what do, we do? When it's bad inside the house, I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. I don't want to share with what I'm struggling with. I just want to isolate, keep it all, and then it does nothing to help anybody. So find a community. And w- look, we're not experts by any means. Um, but if you are just looking for some res- re- resources, sources, gosh, sorry, I'm a little foggy today. Um, resources, DM us. We're not experts. We've got a handful that we can share. We can point you in the right way. There's some great books out there. There's some great studies. There's just some great programs. Like, focus on the marriage. Like, the end result that we're trying to fix is we're trying to raise up a younger generation that loves each other, that is that is productive, that is healthy, but it starts with the marriage. Mm-hmm. If we can get that right, then we can be better parents to those kids. I love the point you made about the mentor couple. Mm-hmm. We And again, my, my personal views on religion and things have changed over time, but we did just start going to a church uh, and starting to get involved in an actual community there. 
But what thing, one of the things that sticks out to us is this particular class or this particular group, there's five older couples that lead the class, that are Love mentors it. in the class. So, again, not, now I'm not just bouncing ideas off of people that are going through the same stuff, which is important. That, that's, that's an important group to bounce stuff off of. Mm. I can now bounce stuff off of people that have been through it already. Yep. They've already come out on the other side. They have 25, 30-year marriages. Yep. Opposed to my 10-year marriage. We've talked about that, right? Like, we discredit the older generation, but they've been through life. Yeah. They've been through the ringer, mm -hmm. and they've fought through it, and they survived. That's like, right. why not learn from that? Why not learn from that? Yeah. Don't yeah, disregard just because they're they old. They don't understand. To, yeah, they may not be able to navigate TikTok, <laughs> but, like, I guarantee you they can give advice on what it means to love your spouse. That's right. They know what works, what doesn't work. What doesn't work, yeah. they've screwed up. Yep. And it's not just this echo chamber. And that's the problem with some of these younger couples that we you can get in trouble is all right guys we're gonna go we're gonna go grab a drink Thursday night and then it's just dads just echo chamber yeah. and then it's women wine night and or you know play dates or whatever and it's just echo chamber mm -hmm. it's just like oh he shouldn't do that he shouldn't do that like find take a step back mm -hmm. find a couple or find someone a friend that is actually gonna call you out on your BS yeah. like if, that will tell you if you're doing something wrong you're wrong okay I love you let's let's talk through it but like. I would probably not handle that situation with your spouse that way. Yeah. Like those are the those are the people you need to keep in your circle. Absolutely, absolutely, that's awesome. Well, again, the the statistics are disturbing. Yeah. It's not a good direction we're headed. But the good news is we can we can reverse course, yeah. and it starts with us. Yeah. Starts with how we treat our wives, our husbands. Starts with how we treat our kids. Starts with how we interact with our communities. That's right. And so that's the encouraging thing is if we can reverse the trend so uh hopefully this was helpful hopefully you guys uh, got something out of that today if you did please help us by sharing yes uh the podcast you guys have been doing an awesome job of that lately we're growing uh seemingly every every month here um that's all because you guys are helping us out right. and sharing the podcast appreciate we really appreciate that and we got some good content coming up yeah. so get excited yeah, super there's bowl some good stuff was, coming yeah super bowl week was great and we got to talk to a lot of cool people so yep. hope you guys enjoy uh that hope you have a great rest of your week a great weekend and we will see you next week.